Wellnesspreneurs, are you ready to stop side hustling and start making an income doing what you love? It's time to pull up a seat and align your third eye on the prize. Each week, we will have conversations with successful creatives in wellness, business, marketing, and more to uncover practical methods to take you from A to B. My name is Jessica Cross, and I am so excited to link arms with you and get started. Let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Jessica, and I'm so excited to share with you today this episode I recorded with Maddie Cartwright. She is the founder and creator of A Wildlife Tarot, and she offers one-on-one tarot readings and teaches folks how to develop their own tarot practice as a form of self-reflection, self-empowerment, and self-liberation. She's also the founder of the Tarot for Entrepreneurs Club. I can't wait to share this episode with you. There's so much magic in it, and you're just going to love Maddie. So sit back and take a listen. Thank you so much for being here with me today, Maddie. Oh, I'm just so glad that we get to spend this time together. And I'm really curious about your experience that brought you into tarot and kind of how it led you to where you are today. So you mind telling us a little bit about it? Sure. Um, thank you so much for having me. I'm really yes. excited to get to know you better and have this cool conversation. Me too. Um, okay. So I fell into tarot back in late 2015, early 2016. Um, at the time I was in a really rock bottom chapter in my life. I was in a housing situation and in a job that was creating a really toxic environment for me, especially, um, emotionally, psychologically, and I was feeling a lot of insecurity around um, money and housing and a lot of stuff was happening all at once. And I got to a point where I knew that I was going to need some kind of help to get out of that situation. So I decided to find a really great therapist. And that was half of what was really helpful for getting me out of that life chapter and in a healthier, safer space. Um, but the other part of it that was really helpful was a friend of mine who was really close to me at the time, introduced me to Tarot by offering if she could do a reading for me. And um, she ended up doing a bunch of readings for me over a period of time. And one card kept popping up repeatedly in the readings that she was doing. And that was kind of my introduction to using tarot as a tool for um, self-reflection, self-empowerment, and self-liberation, and also really experiencing the synchronicities and magic that are inherent in tarot that are sometimes hard to um, accept or explain, which is just repeated patterns that pop up when you really tune into your intuition and follow it. Um, and the card that I kept seeing was the tower. Uh, are you familiar with tarot? Do you do tarot? I have a, we'll say a very limited ability to, to really speak to a lot of tarot, but I do know about the tower card and I was going to ask what card it was. So I would love to hear more about how that card kind of puts you off onto this, this next path. Yeah. So um, for anyone new to tarot, the tower is one of those, uh, probably like the top five cards people 
get really nervous when they pop up in readings. They're, there's a lot of stigmatism and myths around certain cards in the deck that people view as like quote unquote bad cards. Um, there's no such thing as a good card or a bad card in tarot. All cards have positive and negative aspects to them, but this is sometimes um, a card that pops up when energy needs to be focused around some kind of harsh truth. It usually serves as an honest, tough love wake-up call, and that's what it did for me and why I love that card and why I was so grateful for it. Um, all cards can be interpreted differently when you ask different questions and in the context of different readings, there's no like right and wrong definition of any card either. But the traditional description of this card really aligns with how it was showing up for me at the time. And that is that it can sometimes, and it did for me, represent the need for a necessary deconstruction or a breakdown of a certain situation where it's like there's systems and structures in place that are unhealthy or unstable or causing some kind of oppression in some way. And you, there, there is no, there's probably no easy way out of it. Like you really have to let the breakdown happen in order to move forward. And that was really true for me where it was like, you kind of just have to face the situation for what it is shit is burning down around you and that's the feeling and that's true and in order to move on you kind of have to face it and acknowledge it and still have hope and find a path forward and really commit to it and treat it like an urgent situation because it is one mm, I love so much about what you just said the the fact that there's no good or bad cards. I, I, there's, like you said, there's stigma around certain cards. And, you know, when you said the tarot or the tower in the tarot um, deck, I was like, oh, I, I know about that probably because of the stigma, <laughs> but I like how you said it's a, it's almost a, um, a tough love situation. It's, it's uh, to, to create urgency around something that's going on in your life that it's like, Hey, um, it's not bad. It's not scary, but Hey, this is important. You need to kind of touch in on what's going on in this situation. So how did that push you forward on your path? I think it, it served as a constant reminder and in a weird way, an affirmation that even though it's painful and challenging to really accept when you're in a space where you need help and you really need to treat it like it's a serious situation in order to get out of it. Um, it was helpful for me to have that reflected back to me as the reality at the time, because there was also I, I, yeah, honestly, there was like an element of gaslighting in a certain relationship I was in at the time where it was like, I got to a point 
for, I'm not a psychologist for whatever reason, maybe being in survival mode, or maybe it was really the, the information I was being given from other people around me where it's like, am I being overdramatic? Am I exaggerating the situation? Is it really that bad? Am I, and feeling like guilt and shame and confusion and overwhelm and just like the level of depression where it's so hard to just get through the day that it's like, how do I even get to a place where I am seeking out support systems to help me move forward where it, it's not, um, it's not a happy high vibe energy to have the tower reflect your situation back to you, but it's also very necessary where it was like, okay, no, I'm not crazy. This is my reality right now. It does feel like shit's burning down around me. That makes sense. And today I'm gonna do what I can to get through the day and I'm gonna find one little way where I can reach out for help and take one step forward. And I'm just gonna keep doing that until I'm out of this. And that's the only thing that I saw I could do. And that was what I did and it worked. So having that card pop up in a repeated pattern was just like, it's, a, it's okay that it's like this right now. There is really only, you know, you, you have to get out of it and you have to face it in order to get out of it. So I'm glad that I'm reminded of um, just what the situation is. I'm not exaggerating it. I'm not being overdramatic. This is what it is. And we're going to move through it as best we can. Yeah. Yeah. The the word affirmation you mentioned is um, a really powerful one. That's, you see a lot of you know, positive vibes and, you know, every, everything is high vibe. And it's like, no, there are real human emotions happening right here. And it's, it's almost as if the tarot um, was a mirror for, for you in, in in that moment. And that's, that's super powerful. It's, it's, it's a, it's a tool that, you know, you're, that you've used to kind of, you know, get clear on really what's happening and take, those teeny baby steps into a direction that you want to be with that clarity. It sounds to me. Yeah. And it's a, you, I, you know, it doesn't go that way for everybody that you find a tool or a resource like that when you're at your lowest low. Um, a lot of people come into tarot because they just think it's like cool and fun and mysterious and what trendy and whatever. Um, and it doesn't only serve you when you're in like those huge uh, periods of transformation, no matter if they feel devastating or really empowering. Um, tarot is a really helpful tool for gaining clarity and empowerment and taking action steps from it, even when you're dealing with like day-to-day decision-making that is way less urgent than like <laughs> um, I, everything is in chaos. Yeah. Uh, it's So tell me about if let's say someone is interested in, in tarot, like you said, maybe it's for whatever reason, it's mystic 
it's mystical powers or it's trendy or they're you know really curious about how can this support me in in my day to day the big decisions are the small ones um you know what's a what's a good way for people to kind of get into tarot and if they wanted a, a short tarot one-on-one 101 what what would that be what's a what's a a, a synopsis of, of what this is i always recommend that people start by just getting a deck I meet a lot of people who are like really interested in it, but they still haven't just started practicing yet. Um, there's a ton of different tarot decks out there now. So I would say find one for yourself that you really resonate with. And if it's possible, I know we're still in COVID and sometimes it's hard to physically get into a store and handle decks, but if you can, a lot of like small local bookstores will carry at least a few nowadays, especially like independent kind of cool kid spaces have like some kind of mystical divination area and um, take the cards out of the box and like flip through them or flip through a guidebook or something so you can kind of get a feel for just the symbolism and the imagery and see if you like the energy at all. Um, since there are so many different artists creating decks now. And there's still, I forget about this sometimes, but there's a myth that still exists where it's like bad luck to buy your own decks or your first deck and it should be gifted to you. Um, I really, <laughs> there's a lot of old school tarot ideas that I never really subscribed to and I don't recommend that other people do it if it's rooted in any kind of limiting rules or structures or scarcity mindset it's probably not something that's going to serve you in your practice so I always recommend that it's better for people to go get their own deck especially when they're starting out and make sure that it's something that they really want to work with on a regular basis and they love it and the the imagery just creates an energy in them where they're like, ooh, I can read into different layers of what this might mean for me. And I want to spend time digging deeper into what this imagery brings up for me. I love that. I've, I've heard that myth <laughs> that you mentioned. It's like, it has to be gifted to you or it's, it's bad luck. So I like, I like your recommendation. It's like, get, like it, it, take on a little bit of its energy and see if it's something that you know, resonates for you versus, you know, waiting for this magical delivery from somebody who may not even know that you want a tarot deck. Like if you take that power on, on your own and to, to find your own deck with the energy that resonates with you. I like that a lot. Yes, exactly. So tell me um, about the difference between tarot decks affirmation cards and oracle cards because I hear those terms thrown around quite a lot and I'm curious and I think other people might be too. That's a really good question. Um, I think I'm still searching for a great way to answer this. Part of it is because I only have tarot decks. I don't personally own oracle decks or affirmation decks or any other kinds, angel decks. Um, so I have a biased opinion and I'll just say that right away as a disclaimer um but I have a lot of friends who work with oracle decks that I'm somewhat familiar with and I think for me the biggest difference comes down to a couple things one is that a tarot deck has really specific cards 
Um, a full tarot deck has 78 cards and there's a certain structure to the deck. Um, there's two different sections. There's the major arcana and the minor arcana. The minor arcana looks a lot like a regular deck of playing cards with four different suits numbered ace through 10, four court cards, and every suit is represented by a different symbol. So it looks a lot like if you're going to play a game of poker. And then the other part of the deck is um, focused more on like archetypes. Every deck has the same 78 cards. So it's always going to be like, Ace through 10 in the suit of wands. And sometimes modern decks have slightly different names. Like it might be called the suit of staves or rods or um, court cards can sometimes be called like page, knight, queen, king, or my favorite deck has like daughter, son, mother, father. But the basic structure of the deck is always going to be the same. And every card has some kind of like bullet point main themes or descriptive words that pretty much all tarot practitioners universally use and agree to that are just a very loose guide for like this is what the ace of wands means in general um so it's a very specific structure that separates it from different kinds of decks but i also think in addition to that and maybe this is just an assumption of mine, but I feel like oracle decks and affirmation decks um, tend to focus on that kind of like high vibes only kind of mentality. They lean towards it. Like an affirmation deck, to my knowledge, is probably not going to have a card in it that carries the same weight as like the tower. And sometimes you, it's helpful for me, especially given the origin story I just shared with you, to have a resource that's also not scared to reflect back to me the darker truths or the hidden truths or the less comfortable energies that already exist in me and around me that I really need to address and work through. And I don't think other kinds of decks have that same ability, even if they're just all archetypes, like a spirit animal deck or something. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I guess maybe a good way to summarize that is I find that tarot decks just have way more depth to them. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, uh, it might depend on what you're looking for. If you're, if you're interested in a more well-rounded experience, perhaps you're looking for a tarot deck. And if there's a certain type of energy you're wanting to bring in, maybe you're looking more at the, the other types of decks that are out there for a specific purpose, maybe. Yeah, like I have um, one of my best friends who does a weekly, I guess it's a show on Instagram Live. Um, she works with like tarot decks and oracle decks together. So sometimes mm. based on how you're serving people or what kind of readings you're doing, it might be a better fit for you to pull from an oracle deck if it's like a quick pop-up reading or if you're doing something where you want to keep that kind of affirmative energy and that's all that you're looking for is like what literally like what affirmation do I need to know today which you can also ask a tarot deck but it leaves a lot more space to get a lot of different 
um, reflections that uh, you may or may not be open to receiving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that makes sense. It's, um, you're going live on Instagram. It's maybe a little bit more one-sided than if you're sitting across the table from somebody or on zoom, you know, just with one other person and you can expand a little bit upon you know, what the tower might mean versus that person who's on the other side of the Instagram live sees it and immediately is like, Oh no, like <laughs> you don't really have as much space to, uh, elaborate on that, that person's experience with that card. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I really think it just depends on like who you're serving and what you're wanting to get out of it and why. Yeah. Which is with anything, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're, we kind of started to talk a little bit about working with clients and, you know, that maybe that one-on-one or the one-to-many, um, tell me a little bit about how you prepare for your client work. Love to know some more about that. Oh, that's a good question. Um, it really depends on who the client is. I have a small pool of clients now, and most of them I know really well. Some of them have even become friends. So I think I approach the readings that I do for most people right now much more casually than I used to. When I started, um, I was a lot more precious about the rituals I would do going into readings and coming out of them. Um, and now I think I do it on such a regular basis that I'm, I, I'm less... Um, maybe anxious about protecting the space and the energy. And I think it's become a thing where it has a lot more to do with maybe just who I've become as a reader more than the practice or the service itself, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do always start readings with some kind of little ritual just to get centered and have our energies aligned so I'll always um ask that uh a client feels grounded in their body so to find a comfortable position to sit in um before the reading we get as much clarity as possible around what they want to get out of the reading and we find a way to turn that into some kind of question or a statement for them to focus on while I'm shuffling the cards before I pull them. Mm -hmm. um, and then I always direct people to take a few deep breaths and I hold my deck to my heart chakra at the same time and breathe with them, have them focus on that affirmation or statement and just be mindful of whatever thoughts pop up. And if it's negative thoughts, just bless and release them and just pay attention to them. And intuitively, whenever they feel ready to start the reading, then I'll stop and pull cards for them. And that structures um, because all of my services are online now because of COVID. But if it was in person, I would have them hold the deck and breathe into it and shuffle and pull their own cards. Mm. Um, but that's pretty much always the structure for the readings that I do for people. I like what you mentioned about being a little bit less precious about how you set yourself up every single time with those, those very specific rituals. You know, I 
I totally get that, you know, when I started teaching and, and teaching meditation and sound as well, I would have this almost checklist in my mind of things that I had to do each, each time. And you kind of lean a little away from that as you delve deeper into the practice of sharing um, with others. And I, I totally get that. That's, that's super cool to, to know that it's a, it's a very similar type of offering. It's, you know, giving from your heart and you figure out what works for you and what you don't really need as you kind of go along. Yeah. 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 That was, I've never thought about that. I don't think I've ever been asked about it before. I think it really was a thing where, especially when I started doing paid readings for people I didn't know before, like strangers, Mm -hmm. um, I had still some like nervous energy and anxiety around like, oh my gosh, I'm only used to doing this for people who I already know. It's so different for your your, like best friend to want a reading about their relationship that you already know about than some stranger just showing up and being like, hey, I want to talk about this. And it's like, am I, is my intuition going to work today? (laughs) Am I really going to? Is is there a way to do it wrong? I don't know. How could it be a disaster? And then like feeling like you have to do all of these things to just get yourself centered where it's like, oh, I have to set out these crystals and I have to smoke and cleanse my space. And I have to have like 15 minutes beforehand to plan things and calm down and reread this email twice. And, and then afterwards I have to like go for a walk because I'm sweaty and I did it I think after a while you just it becomes your job and then you're you're less anxious about it and you you know yourself as a reader and the work that you do and you don't have to worry going into it you're just like I'm it's not about me I think this is something that a lot of coaches learn too where it's like I it's not my job to give somebody the perfect advice or pull the perfect cards like I'm showing up serving as a channel for whatever you want to call it universal energy and it's my job to just get out of my own way and hold space for someone else to and to reflect back to them like what do you think this means like that's another part of my readings that's a really big deal where I always it's a conversation back and forth instead of just like, well, here's your cards and here's what they mean. And I hope you like that. Bye. <laughs> like, uh, this is what I'm getting out of this symbolism. What does that mean for you? Does that resonate with you? What do you think? Um, yeah. 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 Being just holding space for that person to have an experience and being okay with what, what and who and how you are in that moment because it's like you said it's like my intuition gonna work today am I gonna say the right thing it's like yes it's 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 perfect as it is and I I totally resonate with trying to at least in some days (laughs) it's easier in some days than it is in others but just kind of staying out of your own way so you can so you can serve I love that that's really powerful stuff Yeah, I think that's another, um, it's a big myth with tarot, and this is probably true for a lot of like mystical divination services that exist, especially paired with coaching nowadays, is um, 
there's a lot of old school ideology around fortune telling with it where it's like ooh, I'm gonna be told something that's like going to happen in the future and maybe it's bad news maybe I don't want to hear it or what if then that predetermines a future and I feel like I don't have a choice I think that's usually like the fear around anything that reminds people of fortune telling but and I know there are like readers out there who operate that way um but that was just never at all a part of my experience or my practice with tarot and I think this is true for a lot of readers now too where it's more about instead of disempowering people by just telling them like this is what I see in the cards it is what it is um you're putting other people or teaching people how to develop their own tarot practice so that they're being given the opportunity to step into a space of empowerment where it's like how do I create a safe space for me to have a conversation with my own higher self in a way where I am open to receiving my own intuitive hits around whatever clarity I need, whatever confidence I need, illuminating the action steps that I probably already know I have to take, but I just haven't committed to yet, um, which is really the opposite of like, oh, the death card showed up. <laughs> I, I, don't, You're I done. hope nobody is out there doing tarot readings where it's like, well, somebody's going to die. <laughs> That's terrible. Me too. Um, if you get a reading like that please don't give it any weight and don't go back to that <laughs> that's really good advice <laughs> it should not feel like that it should feel like a really great intimate helpful supportive conversation with a friend it should never be like "Ooh, this magical mysterious person is telling me weird things about my future that don't make sense or make me feel scared or bad that should not be the vibe. Yeah, I, that's really good advice. Like, the, I, I, I hope people are not experiencing that because that sounds really scary and and not quite as, um, you know, in as you said, intimate. This this clear touch in with your higher self, the, the guidance of you know, this is what we are experiencing. Whether or not you can see behind the veil today, this is the yes. truth. You know, I love that. Um, so we were kind of talking about these, um, these kind of the clarity that is evolving from your, your tarot practice, you know, as a, as an entrepreneur, um, I'm curious because you have this, this new offering, or maybe it's not so new, but it's new to me anyway, <laughs> I want to hear about tarot for entrepreneurs and, you know, what you're offering. Cause it sounds really exciting. Thank you so much for asking. Um, the Tara for Entrepreneurs Club is a membership. Right now it's in its beta month. So it's still something that's evolving that will change and grow as the community around it changes and grows. But my intention with it is to create a very safe, supportive space where people building businesses um, or anybody even trying to like monetize a passion project, or if you're an artist or an activist, um, it's a safe space to just show up is the first part. Like here's a like-minded group of people 
vibing at the same high frequency, who are holding space for each other and holding each other accountable, like a lot of really powerful groups, probably called masterminds in other spaces. Um, and then the unique thing is that we just use tarot together as a tool to work through decision-making, action-taking with layers of support and accountability. That sounds amazing. <laughs> that's, that's the general vibe around it. I know that's pretty big. It's like, but what do you actually do? Um, I, I like, I like the, um, you, you said it's like a mastermind, but it's for people that like I would, I would assume that a standard mastermind probably wouldn't work for just about everybody in a more spiritual space. Like maybe some of it would, but I think it probably resonates more when you're using these tools of, you know, getting like touching and getting clear with breath, with tarot. Um, I love that you're offering that. I've never heard of anything like it. And it really perked my ears up. <laughs> oh, yay. Yeah, it was a, it was a scary idea to try to put out to the universe too, which always usually probably means it's a good idea to follow right. through on. <laughs> that it was that moment for myself as an entrepreneur where it was like, am I niching too hard? Am I cutting out like 90% of my existing audience where it's like, these people aren't starting a business. Um, but it was really just what I also needed for myself. Mm. And I was just like, I just, I just want to build this community around me and it feels right. Um, and the cool thing is my own tarot practice has developed into something that I use all the time just to help me follow my own intuition. Yeah. And so now it exists. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. I think when it's something feels extra scary, it probably means you're supposed to do it. <laughs> so I'm glad you leaned in on it. Yeah, if it's something that makes you sweat when you're like, oh God, I just had this really powerful idea. I really don't want to do this. And it's like that good, scary. Yes. Like, <laughs> yeah, so the Tarot for Entrepreneurs Club is like this space where it's like, as soon as you get that intuitive hit and you say it out loud to your people, then you're really on the hook because everybody's going to reflect that energy back to you and lovingly hold you accountable for at least exploring it, if not fully committing to it right out the gate, which is the power in it. I love it. I love it. So you guys meet weekly, monthly? What's your format? Well, um, this is the first week it's been a membership instead of just like a very casual unpaid group of three close friends of mine. So um, currently we meet on Sundays for something that's kind of similar to like an accountability call and a content call mm -hmm. and also on Tuesdays for things that are more like a co-working session or Q&A so um, my idea for it I hope it continues this way is to uh, divide it up by the zodiac seasons so at the beginning of every zodiac season, we talk about the themes in that zodiac season that's part of the collective energy. I create a custom tarot reading that everybody can do um, for themselves with their own decks at home 
that taps into the individual blocks and challenges people are experiencing as well as that collective vibe happening and then throughout the rest of the month we unpack that bigger reading piece by piece and really use the messages we get from it to implement into our business building process so the beginning of the month is doing that reading and then um, the rest of the Sundays are like there's a tarot basics 101 class that's accessible to other people outside of the club too where it's like if you're coming into the membership and you just got your first deck and you're brand new to tarot every month little by little we're unpacking just like the the nitty-gritty basics of how to interpret cards and start building your practice and um we set I don't think I coined this. I might have gotten this from Rachel Rogers. I can't remember, but vomit goals. Where it's like, <laughs> what what action step do you intuitively get out of this reading? There's always like at least one hard hitting action card where it's like, this is the message I'm receiving, and now I'm going to turn it into a measurable task that I can put on my to do list, and I know when it's done because I can check the checkbox. And now it's a to-done list item and it's in my body creating that energy that we were just talking about where it's like, I'm sweaty. I said it out loud and everybody's like, oh my God, you have to do that. This is terrifying. This is what was just happening before I had done this call. Um, and it's <laughs> like, sweating. <laughs> who's your accountability buddy this week? What are you literally going to do? When's your due date? Who's going to check in with you about it? If you need some hand holding, text us. We'll we'll jump on a call with you, so you can just press send on that scary email or whatever it is. Um, so vomit goals is part of the early part of the month, and and then Tuesdays are really busy for me in my business because it's Tarot Tuesdays and I'm doing content all over the place. But having office hours for a couple hours in the afternoon where people can either come with questions about the readings that they did where it's like I'm really stuck on what this card means and we can unpack it together or general Q&A about things or I can do quick one-on-one -on -one hot seat reads for people to kind of dig underneath the surface of wherever they're feeling stuck um, and also just an hour of literally like show up we're all going to be on a Zoom call. We're going to mute ourselves. We're going to go do those vomit goal things together in the same space at the same time. And at the end, we'll all circle up and celebrate each other for five minutes and then go live our lives. That's so good. <laughs> it's it's so good. There's so many layers to it as well with the, the like getting in touch with yourself through the practice and being able to be in a group, a community of like-minded souls who are going through this process together and um, vomit goals. I love that. <laughs> you can't, I can't help but laugh and sweat at the same time because I know exactly what you mean <laughs> when you say that. Um, that's, that's super powerful. I love, I love that community that you're building. And thank you. Um, yeah, I'm glad that you kind of listened to that own little like, oh, oh, I got them sweating. I have to do this. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because you're you're bringing people together who who need that that community that same like-minded group of people going through this together that's really special yeah and that is the magic too that's another thing about tarot that is a myth 
that I think a lot of people, it takes a minute to wrap your head around it, but it's like the decks are designed by artists and published by a company and printed by another company and their cards in a box. The magic is not inherent to the tool. The magic is just in you. You know, mm-hmm. they reflect back to you, your own inner knowing. And I think that's also the power of practicing tarot in a community where it's like the magic already exists in you and your community members around you. If they're, you know, vibing at the same frequency are able to just reflect back to you the magic that you already inherently have in you so that you know that you are already everything that you need to be to go follow through on your vomit goals and do the scary stuff. And it's just right there. Like you are your own block and your community serves as an affirmation to know that it's you exist in a shared safe space where you can transcend your own bullshit, basically. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Your up level is always just right they're ready for you whenever you're brave enough to to meet it yeah everything's just on the other side isn't it (laughs) it's so frustrating it really makes me mad sometimes to wrap my head around it but it it's consistently true so (laughs) you're not alone I'm right there with you on that one for sure (laughs) I love that um so one of the other things I was wondering about as you know, we're kind of in this entrepreneurial space and people listening might be in various stages of starting their own business or leveling their business. What's one thing that you wish you knew when you got started? It could be something that saves time or just, you know, some sleepless nights, um, you know, kept you up worrying that you wish you would have known when you got started. This was the one question you sent me and I was like, oh God, this is really hard to answer. I don't know. I honestly, I think when I read that and I was like, why is this so hard for me to answer? It was because I felt that I'm still, I'm still in that space where it's like, I still want to know the lesson I would give myself to make this easier. (laughs) That's so relatable. That's so relatable. Like everything feels like such a roller coaster. It's such a struggle bus. I think maybe, I guess also interpreting what the beginning is, is a hard thing to describe too, because I first had the idea of having like a tarot side hustle when I was in an entirely different career and I just wanted another stream of income that I thought would be fun. And then at one point I knew I was burning out on that for the time being at least and was like, well, maybe I could turn this into a full-time gig. So that was like a, an intention I accidentally set for myself. But even that was a whole year and a couple months before I actually decided to be a business. Mm. So I guess what I would tell myself back then is different than what I would tell myself like a year ago and some months where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to like sign up for a class and I'm going to turn this into a real thing. And I'm going to try to make it my full-time thing and I'm going to do it. But I 
think if that's the case, if it's like once you get to the point where you're like committed to trying, where it's like, I want to be an entrepreneur and this is going to be my job now. Um, is, is knowing that I know. It is harder than you think, but it's also more possible than you think. Hmm. I have this recurring realization when I'm listening to the stories of entrepreneurs who are much more successful than me, who have well-established businesses. Like if you listen to a lot of popular podcasts and that are about that topic and they share thought leaders in our field share stories about their early days it's like they gloss over the chapter of what it's like to start a business in like a paragraph where it's like oh for the first three years I was super broke and everybody said no to me all the time and it was really hard and that's pretty much all they say about it but when you are literally living through that chapter and experiencing it it's so visceral and emotional and the way that that summary is communicated to me does not resonate with the energy that I feel Mm. in the early stages of building a business especially still being in a state of vulnerability where it's like I can believe in myself but also do I truly know in my body that this is the early days and there is a future that already exists where I will be successful and I will also be that person glossing over this life chapter in a sentence or two because in the beginning it's like for a whole year now I've just been like barely scraping by financially having to be super vulnerable, receiving lots of support from people that makes me very uncomfortable because I believe in this idea and other people believe in it too. Having to commit 100% to something that you still have to protect the energy around, like who do I talk to about this? Who can relate to me? Who can support me? Who's not going to get it? one bad conversation with like a partner or a parent who doesn't understand your dream could totally devastate you and knock you off track for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, how do I invest in a business when I don't have any money to invest in a business? Like how do I hire a coach when I can't afford anything? How do I price things at my value when I'm dealing with self-worth issues? How do I, all, all of that stuff that goes into the early years when the days are experienced as years it really is like the hardest thing you've ever done your why has to be so solid your community has to be so solid and at the end of the day I think it truly I think other people would give different advice but For me, the most helpful thing was having come from that recent chapter of a devastating rock bottom and burnout in something else where even if I wasn't ready to commit to it, I already knew that there was no other option. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, no matter how the day went 
or how I feel about it, even the worst days. Yesterday was one of those days for me. I already know that it's it's just not a smart, healthy, good idea to consider going back to the daily grind of a day job where somebody else is in control of how much money I make, somebody else is in control of how much time I have off or what my general schedule looks like. I can lose a job in a four minute meeting, whether it's because of a leader who sees me as a threat because I'm also a leader or whether it's because of a pandemic that nobody saw coming. You know, there's just a false sense of security in that lifestyle for me that I already knew coming into this. And so it's like when you already know that there's no plan B and you find a way to really actually put yourself on the hook for it and you choose like to commit to building the business no matter what with unwavering faith and dedication always, and you surround yourself with people who agree with that energy, mm-hmm. that's what's going to get you through that two paragraph summary of what the first few years were like, you know, cause mm. it's very, very, very hard. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for your vulnerability because I couldn't agree more that the two sentences or three sentences that these you know massively successful people that we see or hear all around us share, it's easy to forget what that experience must have felt like in, in that moment, in those months, those years how they must have felt these very same emotions that you know we're feeling as we're starting our business and or you know whatever point we're in that it's those days that are so hard are near not nearly couldn't even touch the horrible days that were before them and it's this it's a choice it's a choice you make to continue to show up for yourself and what you believe in and some days it's harder than others to to believe, but you still are sure-footed enough to stand in your truth. And I, I love that. Thank you for for being so vulnerable and showing like what's real. Like this is a this is a real experience, and I love it because, man, I have those days too. I'm right there with you. Super powerful stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is what ends up separating people at the end of the day from, it's not the only thing. Privilege is a huge part of it. Opportunity, sometimes luck plays into it. But I think that element of grit and consistency and perseverance is really like, I don't know. There's probably a bunch of cliched quotes out there that are like, you, you only fail when you just, what is it? I just read one. Wait, (laughs) wait, I had a book club meeting and there was a quote just like this. What is it? Can I find it? This is Jen Sincero's uh, Money Mindset book. I'm working through right now that's on my list I'm gonna have to check it out okay uh oh no I put myself on the spot can I find it (laughs) 
temporary failure becomes permanent defeat only when you say so. Oof. Mm, that hits you right in the chest, doesn't it? That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, that was my big lesson this week as a business builder too, was just like, you just show up, mm-hmm. especially on the days when you don't want to, you, you find a way and you show up and it also, as soon as you serve, you feel better too. Yeah, absolutely. You kind of step out of that. It's, you know, woe is me versus the, you know, no, it's about, it's not about me. It's about who I'm showing up for. Does it get easier? <laughs> I hope so. Oh my God. I don't know. Cause I'm, I still feel like I'm in the beginning chapter, just not at the very, very beginning of the beginning chapter. But I think what happens is that, oh, there's this mantra that I say to my, I don't, I don't have to say it anymore. Yeah, this is true. Um, I started running back during Virgo season again. I quit smoking and I started running and there was this mantra that I used to say to myself when I would get really tired, but I knew I could keep going, which is I am comfortable in discomfort. Mm -hmm. And it was just something that I would repeat to myself. And I think that's true for business building too, where you just get used to the sensation of being comfortable in discomfort until uncomfortable is kind of your norm. Yes. That surrender into the discomfort, whatever it is in that moment. I love that. Powerful stuff. Yeah. I think you train yourself just to follow through on your vomit goals until it's a normal part of your routine. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to not laugh when you say vomit goals. because (laughs) (laughs) It's just so good. What's going to make you feel like puking to go do today for your business? Go do that. Go do that. That's what you should be doing. (laughs) That's so good. So you have a lot of cool stuff coming up. Anything you want to tell us about? Is uh, is Tarot for Entrepreneurs open for new members? Yeah, this is another question right before we got on the call where I was like, oh my God, what am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. What's happening? Um, because this is the beta month of tarot for entrepreneurs, I was like, oh my God, do I even have a link? Like, what did people go click? I don't know. Um, I can say this much. Uh, I don't know exactly how tarot for entrepreneurs club is going to continue to grow. I just know that it is already a thing. Um, it is an intention that exists and it will grow as the community grows around it. So Mm -hmm. if this conversation resonated with people and they want to be a part of the membership, I would say, get all up in my space and (laughs) you can find information about what I'm doing all the time on Instagram. Uh, My website is always somewhat outdated but I sell things through the website so the website shop is a good resource for clicking a button and signing up for stuff um those are the two main places to 
find what I'm doing. Um, I have a Patreon. I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, tell us about that. I launched a Patreon page to have like tiers of a membership. That's also still kind of a fuzzy thing because I, um, there's mixed interest in it so far. So different tiers on that might be pivoting moving forward. But everything is a wildlife tarot. Um, so wildlifetarot.com patreon.com backslash a wildlife tarot at a wildlife tarot on instagram with little periods between all the words uh i it everything is in a state of evolution and growth right now Mm. but i do think that my energy is resonating really strongly with other people that are on this same journey as me so I don't know exactly what it's going to look like moving forward um but there's going to be a whole body of work that exists around the energy in the tarot for entrepreneurs club and you can definitely be a part of it and if you don't see something that you want to like click and sign up for right away if it's just not there yet people can just send me a DM and, um, I'm really not that popular. So I'll see it right away and get back to you. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. But I mean, that's kind of the gift, right? You can have more in-depth conversations in the DMs. (laughs) Yeah. And also I really would love that if people would do it because I'm also in that business building chapter where it's like, I'm trying to pivot a little bit and fine tune like who is my ideal client where are you what pain points do you have how can I serve you what do you need do you want this do you want this do you want this like literally I'll just build what you want and give it to you probably and I'm always doing one-on-one readings too so awesome awesome well I, I love that you're you're building what your community wants with them along like right alongside them I think that's super powerful and not something you see all the time so I think that's awesome thank you well this is fun I love chatting with you I feel like I learned a bunch about tarot and um just all the ways that you can use it and in your life and what it you know truly is and not this crazy fortune telling thing that sometimes we see out there and I just I love what you're doing in the world and I'm so glad that we got to chat Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this podcast. Yeah, same too. <laughs> cool. Well, um, thanks again for your time and um, we'll talk again soon. Thanks for listening to Third Eye on the Prize. Got an idea or something to share with Jessica? DM her on Instagram at, at jessicacross.co and let her know what's on your mind. We're so grateful for your support, especially as a small woman-led business. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.